Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about the White Sand Omnibus. It's a uh, it's a graphic novel, in case uh, you haven't been following along. And the, we are doing chapters seven, eight, and nine. We are in Chris and Kenton fight, and then come to sort of an agreement. Also, there's some assassins. They start visiting people, cutting some deals. Turns out she's actually kind of a uh, a good diplomat. Who knew? And then I think the last chapter is all Kenton out uh, in the deep sand talking to the Lord General. Yeah, I think it pretty much covers it. Anyway, I'm Data, and with me today is... Jamie. Joe. And Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Rusted right up on the of the ancient divine far beyond the brittle bounds of time I dream power in the voice of family trials of competence and agony pass ahead already laid for me unseen so yeah I think we actually uh, we're, we're kind of digging into where the story was sort of going last time here with meeting people and trying to cut some deals and things. So what did you guys think of these three chapters? Yeah, I, I think it was kind of going in the direction we were thinking that we was going to seek out everybody and, and try and save the DM. I gotta say, I was getting really annoyed with Chris. She's like, you're one of these things. You're a mage and you didn't tell me. And it's like, okay, hang on. He's already established that he doesn't know the word. No idea what that is. Get him, get him some slack. I just found she was really annoying me. I was like, you've got to let it go. You're being unreasonable. He didn't understand you, and now he's willing to talk to you, but you need to just stop yelling at him for a bit. But then we sort of got over that, and then she was happy to help him, uh, which is proving to be a good thing. I think he's having some success, but I feel like you're just never really going to know what they're thinking or how it's going to turn out mm. at this point. The... Lord General was an interesting character. He turned on Kenton really quickly and then was, like, back on his side. Obviously, when he got saved, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we could do this. It's like, this is what he wanted after all. You just needed him to prove that he was useful? Like, I'm not sure what happened here. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like anything was a super surprise out of what we read. Nothing was particularly shocking, but furthering the story was... It was fine. Just keep on keeping up. I can definitely relate to what you said about Chris. And it's like, like, look, slapping him and yelling at him is not really going to help anything productive from here on out. And then she, she like storms away from the DM in a huff. Like, oh, I don't want to talk to him before somebody has to tell her, like, maybe this could actually work to your advantage with what you're wanting to do. You know, one of the guys in charge. Yeah. Think it through before you start belittling the guy. And in Kenton's defense, he, he didn't lie once. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what she was talking about. And also, he wasn't in charge when they met. That was exactly. a completely new thing. My first thought there is that uh, maybe she kind of likes him. And so it, she takes it as a deeper offense that uh, he would uh, not be honest with her from her perspective. Uh, probably. She is done mourning uh, Gavin. Gavin, Givalden, however you want to say. Yeah. Givalden getting confused on the names we're doing that that 
when we started Elantris and we were having some problems. It's not so much the pronunciation this time, but it's there's so many names that are so similar that mm. I'm like, I actually don't know which one you're talking about, probably until you spell it out for me. I just I'm just going with it. And then later on, I'll go, oh. <laughs> right, that guy. Sure, why not? Yeah, I agree with uh, Jamie. Chris was a little obnoxious here, but I, I also agree with Data. I kind of get a sense of, like, maybe there's some, she has some kind of feelings for him. Not sure why. They didn't spend a ton of time together. I think it was, um, she says it was like a week or two that they were crossing the sands. We just right. didn't see it. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like she didn't know much about him. They spent a week together. I mean, maybe she's maybe she's attached herself to him because he could speak her language. And, you know, it's been a relief for her to get stuff like answered because obviously she has she's very inquisitive, has tons of questions. Mm-hmm. And then there is this air of mystery about him because he can't answer certain questions. But, yeah, I, I guess I should have known this from the previous readings. But Kenton is really, really direct with all these people that he's talking to which i i don't know if it's this is just the story's way of showing like hey look at this guy has no diplomatic tact like he's just <laughs> like this is what i want give me what i want why won't you give me what i want so what he I really, definitely really want. yeah exactly he definitely needs chris's help and so i'm glad that he's kind of agreed to enlist it although we never really get an official agreement on what the terms of this help is going to be i i guess she's just saying well you know i'm gonna do this for you and then you're gonna help me with whatever and so I'm not really sure, you know, if there's ever an actual agreement that was that was made for for help. No, no uh, quid pro quo or whatever. But, yeah, I I uh, liked this section, I think, because it was more dialogue heavy. There was a couple of action parts with the assassins and him saving Eric's dad. But other than that, I, I liked it, I think, because it was a little easier to read through. I'm not focused as much on the imagery or the art, although I can tell the art style changed again. I'm not as focused on that as I am on getting like the story and information. So um, yeah, I really uh, enjoyed this. A little concerned about what's going on with Bayon. I'm I'm not sure what to think on that because I like Bayon. So I guess we'll maybe we'll figure out what's going on. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely you know the more I read, the more interested I am to see kind of how far we get with this story like you know i know kind of where we've begun and we know this is like the beginning of stuff so far that is is available and i'm wondering like how far are we going to get i did notice autonomy's name was like brought up specifically as like a as like a almost like a not a verb but like a an object instead of like the the god so i'm interested to know how that how they use that word but yeah i I like the assassin stuff i even liked the little chart that that chris made with the sand i thought that was funny yeah i enjoyed it i was gonna ask you like what about bayon are you but then i remember that there's like the one page where they're like yeah something shady maybe going on with bayon kind of forgotten about that yeah yeah i feel like that could be one of go one of two ways either bayon is up to something or this professor dude's up to something so i don't know Mm. or both (laughs) <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> they're in on it together and they've decided to dub each other in at some point that would be a choice yeah okay <laughs> it would be a choice it would not be a wise choice but it would be a choice yeah this is this is all right like 
I, yeah, I feel like this this does seem a bit more going through the motions a bit than some of the other stories we've read, but maybe it's just because, you know, uh, we're expect I was expecting something so different because it was a graphic novel rather than a novel, but I don't know. I am I am enjoying it. I think Cop Lady Ace is pretty cool. I think I'm uh, pissed nose if I'm pronouncing that correct. I like the fact that she's just very open about it. It's like, I will protect you and I will even save you, but I fucking hate you and I will kill you if once I'm, <laughs> once I'm done with this if I can. So... Oh, that was a nice little wrinkle. Yeah, agreed. Chris is just being kind of a brat about stuff. Just, yeah, really, really over the top. It's like, I can't believe you lied to me. I'm never going to speak to you again. And then she's like two seconds, she's back. I'm going to help you get what you need. Like, all right, settle down. <laughs> so that 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 kind of bothered me a bit, but I did like her meeting with Nilto. I really, like, I'm fascinated by this guy. It's like, yeah, the, the king of the beggars. And he's just... um. Yeah, like does does awful things, treats people like shit, but he is trying to protect his own. I, I like characters like that. So, mm. plus his fucking creepy as hell character design is <laughs> like it's it sticks in your mind a bit. Like, is this guy actually like a sandling, and his face got melted because someone spilled water on it or something? Or that would be a twist. You've got like sentient mm. sandlings wandering around. Yeah, I mean, we just, a beggar made of sand. Yeah, I mean, we just came off Candra. Why not? It's true. Yeah. Maybe he's like the avatar of like a sand of the sand god. Yeah. Looking out for the little people. Yeah. The my my people they are like grains of sand blown on the wind. Well, that's philosophical. Um, <laughs> moving on. Like the bit with uh, Arik's dad and like the fight with like the um the monster and everything. It was really cool, but for some reason I don't know if it's in everyone's edition. In our edition of the book, like. One, you got like one page, or really two pages. The ones, you know, as, as you open it, you're looking at two pages. Mm-hmm. It'll go. These ones have a massive blue tint. Then the next two pages don't, and everything's in vibrant color. And then the next ones have that blue tint back again, and the next ones don't, and it just. Isn't it because it's like a go- flashback? No, no. This is all, that's all just how it was like how it was happening. This is when he like meets Arik's dad, and like, and he's trying to convince him to support him in the council, and it just keeps going like this. It's like. It's the same story the whole time, but it just keeps flashing between this blue tint and then not huh. blue tints. So that was super distracting. I mean, the... I didn't notice it. Okay. But unless it was talking about when it was flashing back. No, no, this is definitely not a flashback. This is all just one story. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think that it... No, well, I'll have to look when we get there. I'm pretty sure that I didn't see that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was distracting for that whole section. The story was really cool, but I don't know. I don't know if it's just a printing error or not, but that was... Yeah. I did think it's like it's kind of weird. We sort of built up that Eric got disowned by his dad because of Kenton, and they really don't even touch on that. Even though Eric shows up for this entire meeting, and like they barely touch on Eric's relationship with his father. I'm like, I was waiting for the shoe to drop there, and it just never seemed to come. At the end, it's like they're just like, oh yeah, hey son, how you doing? And Kenton's like, well that's weird, and that was it. I'm like, okay, I expected more from that. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. Like, he he shows up, and his son is right there. And I was like, did he not see him? Or is he really not going to say anything? And then we start, we get to the end, and he's like, oh, yeah, I did notice him. And I'm just like, that's it? That's all? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought it was trying to build the idea of, like, he, he doesn't notice his son, and instead he takes Kenton aside and is like, come with me on this hunt. And his son's kind of like, oh, he invited him, but not me. And then... Yeah, you're right. There's not like a very solid resolution there. My guess is, based on this dude's personality, it's like Kenton had some power, so he's more interested in Kenton because Kenton's got 
mystique or power or whatever. Yeah. And then Eric helps out. So then he's like, ah, let's have some dinner. Let's eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess then let's let's get into these these three chapters. I I wasn't actually taking notice before, but uh, this is one of the first things we've read where they have chap the chapters have titles. Like chapter seven, the title shows as honor bound. And I was like, it, it just popped into my head. Like, has we, have we ever had anything before that the chapters have titles? I don't recall. I know the, the Mistborn series. chapters, I don't feel like did. They didn't have, t- the Mistborn chapters didn't have titles, but things that we've read that have had parts have had titles. For oh yeah. Parts. The part, like the parts definitely have titles in Mistborn. That's true. I think, um, you know, chapter, ch- like chapter titles, uh, they seem to have fallen, fallen off in recent, in recent memory and they're like, they should come back. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I'll even, for books I like enough, I'll even reference something in an, an event in the book that I'll say, oh, that happened in this chapter, like, and I'll name the title of the chapter. Because every, every I, I like while, them so much. Yeah. I can do that with with some Harry Potter things, probably, because the chapter titles are not that hard to remember. Like, you know, The Boy Who Lived no. and that sort of yeah. thing. But Van- other books, I don't know. Let's that see. Oh, uh, let's see if I can do the list. Let's see. The Boy Who Lived, Vanishing Glass, The Letters from No One. I, I I can't check you on this. Hold on, I'm gonna pull up. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's see if I can do it. Four. Oh, what is four? Keeper of the keys, I think. Uh, five. Keeper of the keys. Yeah. Him, yeah. Okay. Five. Diagon Alley. Yep. All right. Six. Ooh, that might be. Uh, platform nine and three quarters. The journey from platform nine and three quarters. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna count it. <laughs> Ooh, the next one. The sorting hat or the sorting? Yep, the sorting hat. Okay. And then um after that it's the potions master. Yep. And then the midnight duel. Yep. And then Halloween. Yep. And then what's after Halloween? Uh, I can't remember. What's the next one? Quidditch. Ah, Quidditch. Yeah. I I I'll hey, ten chapters, that ain't bad. Mm-hmm. As you're saying them, I remember reading them. <laughs> but I would have got through the boy who lived and then been like, okay. Yeah. I know the title of the first chapter of all the books. So two would be the worst birthday or something like that. Yep. That's right. Three, three is owl post. Yep. Uh, four is the riddle house. Yep. Uh, five is D- D- Dudley demented. Yep. Uh, six is the other minister. That one I could remember. Yep. And seven is the Dark Lord Rising, I believe. The Dark Lord Ascending. Ascending, close enough. Wow, yeah, that's pretty impressive there. Nice. It's yep, a, I have no life. There you have it. <laughs> that's some Jeopardy-level random useless knowledge. Way to go. Yep, sure is. Maybe someday I'll be on Jeopardy. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Back to White Sand. I don't think we actually started before we got we got we off did not. again. <laughs> We got as far as the title, and then went, "Hey, this is cool." But yeah, she's so she says yeah. a, week, a week on the sands, and we were traveling with the sand mage the whole time. So they were together for a oh, week. boo hoo, Chris. Also, this read through is when I started to notice, like, just every panel Natisse is in the background of, she's doing something strange, and it just mm-hmm. like I've gotten into this like w- look at Natisse and all the panels thing. <laughs> You're right. I noticed yeah. that until you brought it up. No, yeah, she is. She's like eating apples, all sorts of weird stuff. She's just making like hand motions that are just like, no, don't. And then she's like, I don't know what to do about her. Anyway, so. No, no, it looks it looks like she was actually about to climb up the ladder and Chris has just run yep. past her and started climbing up first. So she's like, hey, what the fuck? 
but so yes, Chris is going up the ladder. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to let this guy get out, get away. We finally found a sand mage and fa- luckily they've installed the ladders so she can get up there. <laughs> and so like she and like Bayon is like, hey, I'm supposed to follow you. And he's like, guess he's yelling after her and getting pops out like, Hey, what's all this noise? Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead a, 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 a profession up here. And then she just slaps him. There's a full page of Chris slapping Kenton. She goes, we need to talk and then slaps him like, wow. And it completely fair. He's like, that's talking. <laughs> and so she's talking about you. You have this magical power. And he's like, no, it's not magic. It's sand mastery. This is the same thing that we got into with Moonlight and uh, and Marisai in the last book, where it's like, no, obviously it's not magic. It's like a thing that we do. What are you talking about? It's like, you have magic. You have you have the crazy boom boom stick. What do you want me to do? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing you see in, like, the Marvel movies with Thor. It's like, yeah, science and what you call science, what we call magic, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same, it's the same shit. And so, but finally, they they kind of sit down. I think she just takes a seat without being offered, but, and they talk, and he explains, like, I just got this job two days ago, and she's like, why you? He's like, well, thanks for that, but because I'm kind of the only one left who could do it, and what do you even want? And she's like, well, we want you Sandmasters to come back and help us fight the dynasty. And he's like, well, do they have, like, guns like like Bayon had? And apparently the dynasty is not a big fan of or, – or they know about this technology, but they can't make it is what it says. Like, her nation is the only one that can mass produce guns and gunpowder. Unfortunately, Skathen's warriors are bulletproof. And here's where – see, and I, I messed up last time, and I was like, oh, yeah, Eric and Chris run into each other. They don't until now. But uh, this is where Eric shows up. He's like, oh, my gosh, those ladders got to go. I'm so tired. I'm risking my life every time I have to come have, have lunch with you. I can't tell if, what it is, but he's got all these dots around his head. And I'm just like, does this dude just not shower? Are those flies? <laughs> I, I assumed that it was trying to, like, express his dismay somehow with those dots. But, yeah, you're right. It does look weird. <laughs> he's got fleas. He's like, dude, I told you, if you're going to come have lunch with me, at least bathe. Good God. <laughs> and then I like the next panel where she's like, what did this guy just say? And he is like right next to her, like smiling and waving. <laughs> Looks like he's going for a high five. Yeah. And we he's got to know like dark side language because he was on dark side for years. But he's oh, not yeah, and he speaks letting it her to know her this. later. He definitely knows it. Yeah, because he's speaking. He speaks directly to her later in dark side. Oh, yeah, it's like the next page. I, 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 he, he speaks dark side, but it's just here, I guess, where he's just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and so, like, Kenton tries to explain, like, I'm in the middle of this thing and there may not even be any Sandmasters in, like, uh, in uh, five minutes if I don't do my job. And she's like, yeah, fine. Your stuff's more important than my stuff. I see how it is. I'm out of here. Which, she's not very diplomatic in this scene at all. But <laughs> I think, like I said, I think that there's a personal element here that uh, maybe is interfering. That's my suspicion. Your feud is more important than mine. I barely know you. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. From my perspective, my problem is more important. <laughs> Who would have thought? I, I can't help you with your problem if I don't sort my own out first. Jesus. Uh, like, hey, Eric, do you ever you ever heard of an Emperor Skathen? He's like, dictator with mystical powers? Yeah, I heard of him. That's, that's the extent of that conversation, which is just like, I'm like, maybe more? More information? Why not? Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Just a very simple fact check. Yep. Check out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Move on. <laughs> Moving on. She wasn't lying, I guess. Good to know. Yeah. 
the ladder is broken when Tris when Chris tries to go down. Yeah, and Eric's like, oh yeah, dude, that's my bad. I do, I, that's what I wondered. I mean, he does pop in talking about like I gotta risk my life every time I come up here. But what did you do to break the ladder? Nobody else broke the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, every time I hit, I stepped on a rung, I, I like broke the one below it because I didn't want anybody following me. <laughs> yeah, out of anger. <laughs> I knew I should have stopped climbing a wooden ladder wearing my ice skates. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kenton gets to do his Aladdin moment where he's like, do you trust me? He doesn't actually say that, but he reaches out his hand and she takes it and he like carries her down with magic. Oh, yeah. I love how I love how ridiculous it becomes because she's like, wait, you could have just put me down. He's like, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, he's, he says, I thought it would be more fun to. And then she's glaring at him. He's like, you are completely right. I should have just dropped you. And so, yeah, you're a boy playing games. Bayon, Natisse, let's go. And so she's all grumpy and pissy about it, and uh, they're going to leave. And I love that Bayon's like, man, I should have picked up on that. It was so obvious that, uh, that's, that that's what was going on here, that he was a Sandmaster. But he's he's also just like, uh, I mean, look, if I was him, I would have done the exact same thing. Yep. His entire family just got murdered. What do you expect him to do? And Chris is like, what? He didn't strike me as any me as anyone important. And I like Bayon's line of like, someday, Duchess, you'll need to learn to judge people and not faces or titles. And I also like that she doesn't argue with that. She's just like, I mean, it's good advice. I don't know that it's going to stick yet, but keep trying. <laughs> and then we get Eric like, hey, I'm still stuck up here after I broke the ladder. What yeah, about like, me? Whose fault is that, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what were you going to do after lunch? Make me carry you down? I, I I do love that he goes back up, Kenton does, and then he hears someone barging in. He's like, oh, Chris must be back. Like, who else would do that? But no, it is uh, tracked ace ice. I, we, we didn't come down on a pronunciation, but I'm and I'm probably I've probably said it both ways various times. But that there you there it is. And apparently everyone has heard of senior tracked ice ace. I think I'm gonna try to say ace anyway. Um, And uh, in the in the glossary at the beginning, a senior tract is basically like chief of police like very high level police person or a captain or something like that and she explains that the high judge sent me here to protect you and she, he's like i don't want your protection she's like yeah well i'm gonna do it anyway and he's like ah spy got it and he's like fine follow me if you want or if you can and it's very it's that, that's how vin and tenzoon started if you recall with her being like okay dog follow me if you can but then Kenton immediately thinks better of it. And he's like, I got to stop being like my dad. I got to stop be- being a dick to people for no reason, basically. And he comes down and actually apologizes. And he's like, look, it's been a bad couple days for me. I'm sorry. You want me to take you up to the balcony? She's I would sooner die than let your unholy sand touch my skin. I'm like, OK, then <laughs> there are ladders that you can use. Ah. <laughs> I can tell that we are going to be friends. <laughs> And so then we come back to Chris, who's making her journal entry about how angry she is at Kenton. And there's Natisse eating an apple, Bayon cleaning his gun. The professors are playing whatever their version of chess is. They tracked an entire chessboard all the way across the desert. He had a giant trunk full of clothes, so he could have had all sorts of stuff in there. Granted, but yeah, there's a practice like as as impractical as like the trunk full of clothes is. Clothes themselves have a practicality. A chess set on a dangerous expedition. They could have bought it in town, I guess. Oh, yeah, good point. And it's Professor Cinder who points out that, like, maybe you guys, could, they could use a skilled diplomat on their side. The speech bubbles, the thought bubbles you could have over these two as they're playing this game is just like, what the fuck do these pieces do again? <laughs> maybe we should have bought a rule book. And so what, we got, like, a page of Chris before we jump back to Kenton again. And or Eric is reading this ledger, 
Oh, and here's what uh, I, I think what Joe was mentioning, where it's like they're chipping away at your autonomy all in bold from all sides. Yeah. So I assume that's a reference to the god that they must use some kind of they're using some kind of phrase to represent some kind of ideal. But maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, all, bad is also bolded in that same bubble in that same way. So, I mean, it's not necessarily. But yeah, but it's bad. <laughs> so the the DM is in real deep debt. Seven million lakh, he says. He's like, do that many coins even exist? And we find out that Vey, as, who, as you recall, we I think we decided he's the Lord Merchant because he's the he's uh, the jerk that the Admiral always votes against or whatever. Vey is a Christian, so he, he's like, there's no way you can ever get him to vote for you. Like his people might assassinate him if he voted in your favor because the Christian religion hates Sandmasters. They seem to they, they seem to be founded on that, where it's like it began the religion or the the whole society began when like. The Sand Lord gifted Losa with Sand Mastery, and then Kirsta tried to kill his sister for that. So it's like really at the the heart of uh, who they are that they hate Sand Mastery. Yeah. So when it's I read that, hate. it's like, how does he ever expect to get a unanimous vote of all the judges? Like, yeah. if like one of them is from the religion whose fa- whose founding tenant is fuck those guys. Well, and the other guy is the guy who always votes against that guy. So it does seem pretty impossible to get unanimous either way. And, uh, How do they get anything done? Right? Yeah. I guess most of the time it doesn't have to be unanimous. In this case, it's just like, because right. we've made a pro- preliminary decision, now it will have to be unanimous to overturn. Right. It's like a loophole. It's like a loophole loophole. Kenton. Yeah, <laughs> basically. It's like, Kent use a loophole, so they use the other loophole to screw him. <laughs> and he says, Ragant, Ragent, however you say that with two A's, blames me for you running away. And he's like, ah, I did not know that. So, yeah, his his father is Ragant, Regent, whatever, uh, the the Lord, the High Lord General. General? Or yeah. What about Delius? I assume the old Sot is still Lord Admiral, the helm's greatest embarrassment. But he did vote for me. So maybe we'll go talk to him. And Eric's like, awesome. I, I, I need a drink. I was hoping we'd start there. And so as opposed to Chris, when we saw her, Kenton has no problem getting in to see these people because he is of equal rank with them, theoretically. And we meet the Lord Admiral, who is uh, the the very first panel is look out below as he, I guess, throws a bottle of wine off his balcony down at the people below. Yeah. At first, I thought he was vomiting because of what he says right after. And I was like, wow, that's messed up. But this is not as bad, I guess. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. From from the way that's phrased, it totally could be, which is even worse. It's gross. <laughs> I just read this guy's section. And I'm just like, why does this feel like where Breeze would eventually end up? <laughs> right. <laughs> just dr- constantly drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't want to go do that. Then I'd have to stop drinking. And so as Kenton and Eric are coming in, these two guys are leaving, and it's like, the Lord Admiral's becoming an embarrassment. And the guy's like, there's no becoming. He's t- – don't need advertising. It's, it's, it's already public knowledge that uh, he, he drinks, apparently. So I don't know what you're trying to hide, guys. And the Lord Admiral's very welcoming. Like, ah, Brother Taisha, welcome. Have something to drink. And we find out that Sandmasters don't drink. Kenton says, it does strange things to us. Which I – I have to know now. Like, you can't just stop there. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the strange things are, but I sort of thought, like, your alcohol, like, if you're supposed to replenish your body with water, mm-hmm. like, what does the alcohol do to the sand? 
like a yeah. ability to do the sand. Yeah. That, that yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. If their powers run on hydration, then if if you're drinking alcohol, I don't know how that would affect you. Yeah. You have to you, you give the sand. We found out you give the lichen on the sand water from your own body to make it do stuff. What if it gets booze from your body? Maybe the sand gets drunk. The lichen gets drunk. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty funny. I'd like to see that sort of play out. <laughs> you imagine, like, autonomy is just sitting somewhere, and then it goes, whoa, I just got a slight buzz. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the the Lord Admiral just comes out and tells him, it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to vote for you as long as Vey is your enemy. I'm your friend. And Kenton's like, and if Vey votes for me, he's like, my dear friend, I'm supposed to be the drunken fool, not you. Let's please keep our roles, lest one of us become confused. But yes, if they if they voted for you, I would vote against you. And so he explains that he has uh, very few beliefs in life. One of them is that wine is the best companion. And another one is that the Lord Merchant represents all that is evil and vile in our world. So as long as I am working against him, I can feel like I'm doing something good, even if I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. It's like I let him pay attention for me and just oppose him. And Ken's trying to argue, but I don't know how you can argue against that, quite honestly. He's like, I don't want to pay attention to the issues. I don't care what your issue is. I'm a young man. I am neither smart enough nor sober enough to go into complexities. This is how it works. And he tells, he tells Kenton, you're tense, young man, probably due to a lifetime without drink. <laughs> Come, drink. Nah, I gotta go. And so, yeah, they leave. And uh, Kenton is not happy, but like... Like somebody mentioned earlier, it's, Ken is very confrontative and everything. And the Lord Admiral even says in the next, like, that, that boy needs to learn that every conversation doesn't have to be an argument. And so Eric is like, hey, don't lose hope yet. And Ace, on the other hand, is like, can I offer a more realistic perspective? Uh, you're screwed. Like, you clearly, even those who vote for you don't actually support you. It is the Sand Lord's judgment. And I do like Kenton's uh, response. He's like, yeah, well, futile, futile tasks are the, are the ones I'm best at, so. But we end the next page uh, with an evil grin by the Lord Admiral after he's established that the Kelsen don't like the Maestrals. She says his assistant, I think it's a she, says that uh, many Kelsen, many Kelsen are Kirsten and those who aren't are usually Kareen. So Kareen being the religion that the Kirstens follow. So Kelsen is the only one in here that was like, what the hell does that mean? I had to go back to the glossary for that. Uh, the Kelsen are basically like the the rich people in Losand, like the the high end, the, the the noble crowd or whatever you want to call it. So apparently, even in Losand, where uh, this is the other country, like there's two main countries. You got Kursta and Losand or whatever, but the richest people in Losand are apparently Kirstians or they follow the Christian religion. So I don't even know how that uh, how this place remains a separate entity but whatever and so kenton and co go to approach someone else and when they get there chris is there and chris starts out by yelling that you're late and he's like i'm like what, what are you even doing here she's like waiting for you obviously and you you see natice like curled up in a chair just sitting there and so we're here to see the lord artisan and kenton's like look i don't have time to mess with you chris just, just. but she kind of convinces him she's like i'm here to help you Tell him I'm with you. And he's like, all right, fine. Try to restrict yourself to a dozen or two questions. Lord Artisan is a busy man. And so, yeah, Kenton once again tries to just kind of bull his way through here. I also like that Chris's whole entourage also comes into the room. 
Like you got Natisse once again doing something weird and Bayon standing in the background. And Kenton is trying to be like, you know, hey, we should you, you need to vote for us. And the guy is explaining all the reasons why. No, there's no reason that I would vote for you, honestly. And this is where Chris is like, dude, ask him what he wants. Like, what can you give him that would make him interested in voting for you? This is negotiation 101. And so the, the DM owes them money. But even beyond that, uh, like how the DM has always acted is the real problem. And so but between Kenton and Chris, they come up with a proposition that sand mastery could be used to help the artisans in the future. And hey, instead of just paying money, you could make a deal with the sand masters that let them work off a percentage of what they help you earn so that there's incentive for them to be useful. And the artisan's like, oh, that's actually a great idea. Why didn't you say something like that before? And actually, I've proposed similar things in the past and always been rejected. But we do find out that that 7 million figure that they had, that they thought that the DMO, the Lord Artisan's like, what? I don't know where you got that. You owe one and a half million. And then to the Lord Farmer, maybe another half million. It's like two million total, which is still a hell of a lot, but it's a lot better than seven. Uh, where that other five million goes, who knows? And as they're leaving, he's Kenton's like, good job, Chris. I never. And she's like, hey, I'm still angry at you. Shut up. I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship. And actually, a uh, guy with brown cloak and weird guitar thing shows up again. So I'm pretty sure Hoyt is hanging out around the Lord Artisan's place. Hey, sexy drifter. <laughs> but what we uh, what the information Chris can provide is the Lord General is not around to be visited. He's out on a hunt. And Eric's like, oh, yeah, he always goes hunting when he thinks people are going to try to visit him. <laughs> and he says, oh, my father always does that. And Chris is like, wait, your father? Who even are you? <laughs> Someone of no import and determined to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, who's the, who's this guy who breaks ladders and is surrounded by flies? <laughs> who is this mysterious man? <laughs> so Kenton is going to go out onto the deep sand to find the Lord General. But he tells Chris that she is not allowed to come with him because it's too dangerous. And they get back, and uh, Deeran is there, and he's like, they're going to build staircases in the corners so that everyone can get to all the levels. My gosh, it's so amazing. Yeah, this and guy's a traitor. Finally, when things have gone kind of well, we end the chapter with, like, a, uh, what do you call it? A target on... Uh, Cro crosshairs. Crosshairs, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Crosshairs on Kenton as he's studying the ledger, trying to figure out where this five million goes. And then we get some, uh, some of Chris's notes about assassins. In Kirsta... Assassins are allowed. There's even like special Daikin markings to publicly show who's an assassin. On dark side, not so much. Assassining bad. So on day side, sending assassins is a personal declaration of war by an individual family or Daikin. The Sand Lord's will is made known when either the target or the leader of the assassins is killed, ending the vendetta for at least a year. And then we find out some things about the, the little wrist-mounted crossbow things that the Christians have been using. Zincolin. Zincolin? Whatever you, however you want to say it. Yeah. It struck me as very Assassin's Creed. It was kind of right? interesting. Very much so. Yeah. And uh, I, Jamie is right. The the words are really reminding me of uh, Elantris in that I'm just like, how do you even uh, – there's too many words and I don't know how to say them. Especially in uh, such a short book too. Yeah, right? It's like at least Elantris we, we kind of got to a point where we're like, cool. All right. I've heard this enough times that I know – you know, I've, I've accepted that my pronunciation is how we're going to say it now. And <laughs> we, we at least can associate what the word is with that. But it just, 
these ones I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the right. end of the story and still have no idea no idea between the difference yeah between right. different things very <laughs> frustrating I guess maybe because like in Elantris they were constantly in the text all the time so we were constantly being reminded of the words whereas here it's they true. only seem to show up when someone mentions them or in these little between the chapter bits so that we don't see the word anywhere near as much as a textbook yeah but uh, it establishes that these are kind of short-range weapons unless you're just really really good with them and they even give us two examples uh, there's a regular zincol arrow and then there's a carapace arrowhead which is slightly different it's kind of a broad head is the carapace version which you have to remember carapace uh that'll be from one of the the, the sand sandling creatures like the ones that mm. melt when you put water on them. Yeah, the ones which, that melt. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then they're if, also invulnerable to sand, so their armor's made out of the same stuff. Uh, some right? of them are. Yeah. If uh, the the ones that are oh I don't the Turkin ones the ones with Turkins, like the black yeah. carapace were immune to sand yeah. But the thing about the carapace arrowheads is if it goes into you, it's gonna start melting into you, which is probably not good because you know it touches blood and anyway. Ugh. Yeah. It no. sounds unpleasant. Chapter 8 is called My Assassins, which that's a fun. <laughs> but this guy had him had Ken in his sights, but I guess makes a noise and alerts Kenton to the fact he's there. And Kenton is able to block the first arrow with a book, the book that he was just reading. OK, here's someone who hates paperwork as much as I do, he thinks, before diving behind the desk. I face palmed on that. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Am I actually reading this? So he has a chance to send sand flying at this guy, but he's wearing armor made out of that black carapace. So he is the assassin is also Turkin, uh, impervious to sand mastery. I mean, his face isn't. You could just you're supposed to be really accurate, right? Can you not just whatever? And so, yeah, he starts fighting them with his sword and stuff. And like Duran's down here. Did you hear something? And the other person's like, ah, it's probably just Kenton trying to figure out his father's filing system. It's fine. See, this is where Tracked Ace, who's supposed to be protecting him, maybe she should have been protecting him. I mean, she does show up here in a minute, but I'm just saying. Maybe the staircases weren't ready yet. Mm. Also, she wasn't really supposed to be protecting him. That was a ruse. That's true. That's a fair point. And uh, he tries to do- uh, like throw up some sand to catch one of the arrows, but the arrow is also Turkin, or at least some of them. So that's bad. But then he's like, hey, you guys know, I, I don't. You're impervious to sand, but the sand doesn't actually have to touch you for me to hurt you with it. And so he starts, like, using sand to throw furniture at them, which is pretty effective. And then as he knocks one, like, out the window and off the balcony, that's when Ace finally notices. And she's like, Christian assassins. I should really just let them finish the job of destroying the unholy sand masters. But no, I'm supposed to uphold the law, stop people, stop innocent people from getting murdered. Uh, Whatever, fine. But the, the the law specifically goes against her religion in this case, so it's it's tough. She goes in, she kills a guy to protect the Sandmaster, and she a couple guys, and then she feels bad about it. She also has one of these wrist-mounted thingies, Zinkelin, whatever. And then she's like, quickly, Rykensha, how many have you killed? Eight, including the two that you just dispatched. And she's like, oh, eight, great. Then you're safe until tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. The, the, they have these assassin markings on top of the holy warrior markings that we've already noted are new. And so you've been marked for assassination. They're allowed to send eight warriors every other day until they succeed or you kill the leader. That seems oddly specific. Right. right? Yes. Where are these arbitrary religious rules coming from? 
Like, this isn't, hey, you should wash your hands before a meal. <laughs> like, this is, like, because that makes sense. This is just, like, you know, eight guys every other day. You've earned the right to live for an extra day if you defeat yeah. eight warriors. Eventually, we'll just wear you down. It's, it's nice that they're so strict about their sense of fair play with this, though. Uh, also, as a note, uh, Raikensha, we've heard before, that's the word that they that that's the Christian word for sand masters. But when you go to the, the yeah. glossary, it literally means cursed one. So this is that's uh, polite. This is also the rules that their religion follows for dating. You know, you can get hit on <laughs> you can get hit on by eight men, or eight men can get hit on by eight women, or you know, you can get hit on eight times in a day and then you're safe until the day after the next. And then you're gonna possibly get hit on again, you know. Up to eight times. Yep. Sounds yeah. exhausting. It does. Yep. So we also learn that uh, they had smeared their weapons and armor with dissolved carapace, which uh, that was what was stopping him, what made them Turkin, I guess. Or that's his theory. He's like, hey, can I test that and like shoot some sand at that goo you're holding? And she's like, no, no, don't touch me with your abomination. Like, all right, whatever. And uh, he's like, hey, Ace, thanks. You saved me. And she's like, well, Dad, don't don't get me wrong. I still hate you and your kind. Yeah. On any other day, I would have applauded these men's efforts. <laughs> I hope you die. It's just not going to be while I'm here. Right. <laughs> I would rather die than live with the shame of being rescued by your vile powers. Just in case it ever comes up, I want you to know that. So this is the perfect opportunity for her to put in her leave for two days' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I not be around the next time? Just... <laughs> I'm busy that day. You'll be on your own. <laughs> yeah, this may be how she feels, but I wonder how her daughter would feel if she said that. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather die. Mm. It's like, well, maybe your well, daughter wants you around, man. That's my uh, my daughter's ballet recital. That's why I'm I'm not here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, but then, after the tracks have finished their investigation, we get the return of Kenton's friend Ellerin who you may remember was the under maestral who sponsored him to run the maestral's path at the beginning of the book. So his buddy and he survived and had gone back to his home village thinking that basically everybody was dead. And so he needed to go back to whatever life he had before, but apparently he doesn't fit in well anymore. And also he has no powers. He overmastered during the fight, I guess. And he, unlike Kenton, who thought he'd overmastered, but eventually got his powers back, this guy's powers are, are burnt out. So that's sad. But he's like, hey, you don't need powers to be useful here. Like, you were the guy in charge of keeping, like, the records and or whatever, and we need that. Oh, a weird shot of Arik standing here looking real suspicious at one point. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a couple shots where he's, like, he's standing in the background of this conversation just mm-hmm. looking strange. Yeah. There's a yeah, it's almost like to me, this almost is paralleled with the shot later of of Kenton walking off with his dad. It almost looks like jealous slash paranoid shots. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe there's something going on with Eric that we're not privy to yet outside of these these shots or if they're just badly drawn. But, yeah, it's I feel like there's something going on. Yeah, he's it's, it's he's always hanging around in the background of everything, and it's strange. 
Yeah, maybe it's like to try and paint him as like a, tra- a traitor or someone with the best interest, which is clearly a misdirect because the real traitor is Diren and he's right fucking here, <laughs> serving him drinks again. Oh, he it, actually Diren is in the bottom of this panel, like sweeping up after 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 Elrin tries to use sand and it falls to the ground, he can't use it. Diren is there like sweeping the sand back up. Yep. Yeah. Well, he probably Ken's probably pissed off at him, be like, dude, you hurt the assassins, you did nothing. You know what, man, sweep up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, but before that, it's like it's got Duran's actually giving Ellerin the sand. Like, oh, so you're right. Yeah, he's pouring some into his hand. Interesting. I guess he's like, I, I, Duran didn't have any sand, or Ellerin didn't have any yeah. sand to try with, so he's like, here, let me give you some, so you can demonstrate. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, I, think, I, I think there's something. Yeah, I think there's something to this, Dak. I think Duran may be. Yeah, you may be right. Maybe this dude's bad news. And then we we cut back to to Chris, who's gone to speak to the. High judge. And once again, Natisse is being weird. She's on the ground, like, drawing. Yeah. And Chris is like, hey, Natisse, what do you know about Sand Mastery? And she's like, that it's the province of the Sand Masters. That's all I got. And Chris is very interested in, she's like, I want to know the technical details of how this works. Like, it requires energy to lift the sand. How, where does the energy come from? And Natisse is like, you're weird. And we see, like, she's drawn, like, some big sandling monster (laughs) on the ground. He's just like, where does the energy come from? And it's he's like, your mother's butt. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and so the high judge, uh, we go in and she's uh, looking real. I, I don't even know what the right word is. Like she's sitting up on her big high judge throne with this giant collar. I remember she was wearing the giant collar before, but it looks so weird to me in this in, in the that panel. She looks very judgy. She it's looks like getting off on vibe. Yeah, she looks like Mom from Futurama, you know? It's all good. Oh, she just <laughs> does! She's got the hair! Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm not going to be able to unsee that now. Yeah, she's like, she's like, where's Farnsworth? You know? Shut <laughs> up, bastard, in it, you crap! <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, her judgelings line up and she slaps them all at the same time. <laughs> but the judge she's has... Got two of them right there. She does. The judge has already heard about Chris and that she's traveling in the company of our new Lord Maestral. And Chris is like, yeah, I'm here to talk to you on behalf of the DM. And we got Natisse here, like, hand on chest, like, doing a little bow. She's always being weird. I'm, I'm sorry. It's strange. And the judge is like, huh, Kenton, young Kenton has gained more support in a few days than I thought he could get in two weeks. All right, go ahead. Speak on his behalf. This is one of those scenes, like, they seem to come up a lot in this section that we've read. It's like a... Yeah, someone's translating, and we're just like, but we're skipping over the, the 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 visual of them actually doing the translating. It's just like, oh, you're right. Yeah, I assume it's Natisse, since that's why she's oh, hanging out with it, Chris as translator. But yeah, it, it, it says it is Natisse translating, but it's like it's came up a few times in this section. It's like uh, Chris is talking to people who obviously don't understand her, so she's got Natisse translating, but would they mm-hmm. skip over that? So it looks as though Chris is just talking directly to these people. Yeah, it's probably a lot less crowded speech bubble wise. So I don't. Oh, sure, but. Yeah, it it just looks weird. It's one of those things like in just in text probably would just wash straight off, but here in a visual medium, it's actually way more noticeable. It's like, wow, they skipped that. Yeah, you're right. And so Chris has basically come to ask, like, can you give me some advice on how to get support for the DM and like not dissolving them? And the judge is like, well, I mean, you'd have to talk to the Taishin. And she's like, yeah, but they don't want to. None of them will talk to me. And the judge is like, so what you could try is that there's another guy takes it upon himself to care for Losan's forgotten. His name is Nilto. 
She's like the Lord beggar because she yeah, she ran into him that one time. And the judge says that he's arguably as powerful as any of us in his own way. So if you can change his opinion on the DM, then the people's opinion might change. And if the people's opinion changes, then maybe the Taishin who represent the people will be forced to change their opinions. And she's like, okay, great. Thanks. And then we cut to the Lord beggar who has brought some food and he's like, here's some food, not just for the children. You need to eat too. Okay, man. And his speech bubbles are weird. Like maybe he's got like, you know, like his vocal cords were also damaged by whatever messed up his face. And he's just, I don't know. Oh, and once again, it mentions that Natis translates. You're right. That does keep popping up. I kind of scrolled over that. Yeah. He actually just like smokes 12 packs a day. (laughs) Probably. Um, Something else I noticed in these sections as well. It's like Bayon is not wearing dark glasses. No, he took those off pretty early on. That was before we even met Kenton. He like, yeah, he took off his glasses and she notes it. She's like, hey, you're not wearing your glasses anymore. He's like, yeah, because that's like a weakness that's like a handicap i suggest mm-hmm. that you rid yourself of it as soon as possible also oh, yeah I, he, did, he didn't I want to stand out and then also didn't want to wear them yeah i completely forgot about that no dash should we have like a nil toe off what do we what, what does this guy sound like <laughs> yes tell her i know who she is yeah okay or it could be more like a yes tell her i know who she is yours yours has a bit more character to it mine's just very grumpy yeah well, he, uh, he looks like a grumpy guy. Yeah, he talks like a grumpy guy. Let's be fair. Yeah. Joe, yours is a little bit uh, Voldemort in the back of Quirrell's head. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dax so. reminded me strongly of someone, but I can't put my finger on it. Bring me the stone. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes out and he's like, now, why are you bothering me? And yeah. so she's like, the judge says, you know, you might be able to help me get support for the Sandmasters. Yeah. <laughs> And they have, a, you know, there's a discussion. He's like, why the fuck do you even care? And she kind of explains. And I like, he's, so you hoped by that by begging me, I could beg the people of Losan on your behalf. Don't you know that you should never beg a beggar, Duchess? The plight of your faraway nation tugs at my heart. Just one question. Do you really believe this new Lord Maestro can change the DM? And she's like, yeah, mm. you know what? I do. He's like, all right, then. Even even in word bubble, the, the sentence, the plight of your faraway nation tugs at my heart. Makes me think he's being sarcastic. Oh, it absolutely sounds 100% sarcastic. I agree. It's like, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. actually give a shit, but do you <laughs> think this guy can change stuff? I care about here. So if you think he can change stuff here, and somehow I, he seems to respect her opinion on it. So, you know, maybe maybe he thinks better of her than he's letting on. I think it's like, a, I don't actually give a shit about your cause, but I can respect your integrity. Yeah. yeah. And he happens to have uh, possession of her betrothed's gun and ring still covered with his blood. So this guy's had this for like, what, it's like a year or something now. And uh, just, you know, don't bother cleaning yeah. it or anything. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, also, does she, I, I I read this this morning, so I don't remember. Does she ask him where he got it? Uh, yes. yes. She says, where did you get these? And uh, he says, why should you care so much for Gavaldon and his filthy lucre? Look around, dozens of these people die each week, and do you think their families grieve any less for them? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, but that doesn't mean she shouldn't care. So he Exactly, on the flip side. Yeah. Yeah, why should she stop grieving because other people are grieving? She's entitled to grieve, too. Basically, he avoids answering her question, is what it comes down to. Yeah, you know what? You know what, Nilto? Get woke, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2023. Let people grieve, for God's sakes. And she's like, I was wrong. You're a horrible man. He's like, oh, yeah, I know. Shut up, baby. I know it. <laughs> yeah. 
I like how childish <laughs> she sounds. Like, I was wrong. You're a horrible, horrible man. It's like, yep. yeah, and? It's like, and then Natisha's translating this. She's eating an apple. Did yep. She, they have to awkwardly pause and wait for her to finish. She's eating an apple, and then as they leave, <laughs> she turns around and throws the apple core on the ground, and we get three panels of core on the ground, little boy runs up, grabs core, and then eats it and starts leaving to show us, you know, that the people here are, are poor and could use some help. And so, yeah, here we got – she says that she's going to ask Cinder to lock away the pistol in that trunk of his. And then Bayon says, Cinder, do you think that wise, Duchess? So he's actually the first one to throw a little shade here. Although, I don't – yeah, it's not Cinder who comes to talk about Bayon in the next panel. So it's the other guy, Akron. So, yeah, Akron comes and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about what happened back when the captain and the lieutenant were killed. Supposedly, he says, Bayon woke us and he'd gone with the captain and lieutenant to scout ahead, but he came back. There was a patrol, so on and so forth. And he says that he only heard two shots and that was right before Bayon came back. So if there was actually a patrol and there had been fighting, wouldn't there have been more than two shots? And she's like. Professor, I, Professor Akron, I trust Bayon. He wouldn't lie to me. Maybe there's a reason why, you know, you only heard two. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. And then he leaves. And chapter nine is The Catch, which I believe is also the title of a chapter in uh, Wise Man's Fear. Just random. Throw that out there. Probably. The the scene with the arrow catch and him demonstrating it for Kilvin is actually one of my favorite in that book. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, I haven't read that. Uh, I haven't. I haven't read that in ages, especially since, you know, no sequel and foreseeable future. So I haven't reread it in a while either, but I, once upon a time I read it like a many times. So, yeah. And so, yeah, they get out. Uh, the Eric and Kenton have made it out to the deep sand. And actually, in this first panel, Eric and Kenton are directly in front of him. There's no way his dad does not see him. Yeah. He's like, Lord Maestral, you surprised me coming out so far to meet me. And Kenton wants to talk business, but the, uh, the, the Lord General is only interested in his hunt. Or at least uh, publicly, as far as we can tell. Literally what I came out here to get away from. Yep. And I, I like the shot of, like, Kenton looking at Eric, and Eric's just, like, rolling his eyes or something at his dad. I like these and, walrus animals they're riding. Yeah, these big uh, these big sandlings. What are they called? A Terra. And apparently, Terra are doused with docal to make their shells impossible to re- dissolve. And if you go back to the glossary, it basically says, like, Docal is some stuff that you can pour on a sandling like once a day and it will make it impossible to for water to dissolve their shells. So I guess it's just, it's just hmm. like water waterproofing. Yeah. And you're right. There's this kind of a, a jealous shot of Eric here, I feel like, when he's watching his dad ride off with uh, Kenton. And so the Lord General explains to Kenton how the, the creatures out here in the deep sand work. Yeah. Which I get the jealousy. It's like, I haven't seen my dad in years. I walk up with you. He doesn't even acknowledge me. Yeah. So there's some freaky shit out here. And uh, the, the, the panels of these ver- of the creatures doing various things. And uh, they're kind of disturbing, honestly. And finally, the Lord General's like, okay, fine. You want, you're not here to talk about business. What has Reven offered you? Ken's like, King Reven of Sevis? Which, if you look at the map, there's like three smaller countries on Dayside that are called like the Rim Kingdoms. And Sevis is one of those. And the general says, we hoped to take care of the maestrals before any of the other countries knew what we were doing and might try to influence you. The rest of the city didn't even know about our plans to dissolve the DM, but your two-week stay of execution has ruined that. So it sounds like maybe even before 
everyone was murdered, they had plans to dissolve the DM, or maybe it was only after that, but it was like, oh no, this is totally a plan that we had. This is not just a spur of the moment thing. And so what the Lord General wants is to dissolve the DM and then hire some of the Sandmasters so that everyone knows that the tower now has the power of the Sandmasters on its side. But he doesn't seem to actually have much respect for what they can do. He's just like, you have a reputation. And so I want to buy you out to absorb that reputation to make myself more impressive. And uh, Kent's like, I I mean, you've heard reports about the Sandmasters dealing with the Rim Kingdoms. That was just one guy, uh, not me. I plan to save the DM. And and the Lord General comes out and he says, like, I don't care for the power of sand mastery. It has none. Maybe you can throw some sand around, but what good is that in battle? So it sounds like this guy's never seen sand mastery used in battle because uh, it's pretty good at murdering people if uh, you're not going to test. Well, that's the thing. I feel like nobody in the city, well, maybe not nobody, very few of the people in the city in the Taisha, because the DM has been cloistered off on its own for so long and not actually acting as like the protectors of the of the land like they don't really know much about sand mastery at all yeah it's become like this big mystery i agree it does kind of, it does seem that way yeah maybe if, uh, has, has, has ruined their mistake mm, they said yeah. what 200 years of um the kirstians not quite fighting against them as much means there has been a need for them to fight so now they just lost their yeah their rep their mojo yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and that really seems like the way it is because people like nobody nobody def, definitely nobody seems to fear the sandmasters among the taisha which i think maybe you should be afraid of what could happen if you cut loose a whole profession and they don't have to listen to you anymore but whatever and then we get a shot where like the the lord general's people kind of like injured this thing almost to death and then he gets to come in and do the killing blow to look all impressive. Yeah. It reminds me of a scene from Parks and Rec where he's like, oh, we go out and hunt foxes. We get them all drunk and just watch them <laughs> writhe around while we shoot them. It's deeply erotic. Oh, gosh. Wow. I, I don't even know what to do with that. Okay. And so Ken... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty wild character that, that says this. So. <laughs> Ken, Ken is riding away all dejected by this conversation, and I just love in the background, like, the Lord General gets popped up into the air, and he's like, ah! And Ken doesn't even notice until, or maybe it's this this person that got popped up. Whatever. It I was is. gonna I was gonna say it looks like it's this woman who just then just lands in front of him. Yeah, I'd forgotten. It's like Kenton doesn't notice anything's going on until this lady lands directly in front of him with a big thump. I did think that panel was very funny. It's like he's walking away. <laughs> ah! In the background, like, <laughs> and he's just like, "Do do do." Hey, wait, who are you? It turns out that big sandling they killed was the baby, and now mommy's here. That's terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, this is a big old sand. This I think this is bigger than that one that he fought earlier. So, no, oh, it absolutely is freaky. And it's uh, I honestly, when you said that there was something weird about your copy, I thought you were gonna say that this because there's like a big splash page where it goes over two pages the the to express how big the monster is. I thought you were gonna say that that ended up on two different sides of a page, and so you didn't get the splash page and that one. Side. No, 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 no. That, that, <laughs> they made sure that one was correct. But yeah, if you've been seeing some sort of blue something, I haven't seen anything like that so far in this section. I'll, put, I'll pop some pictures in the chat later, but yeah, this splash page is blue, but the pages on either side of it, like, they don't have this blue tint. Weird. Okay. It must be a, a printing error. They've, they had enough, they've had so many printing problems. They're having to call back books again and get reprinted again. Oh, shit. Because of, uh, really? of several issues. Hmm. Part of it is, like, there's some glitter 
on the the covers and apparently while it seemed fine when they got the books after they get bounced around in shipping or whatever the glitter starts coming off oh no and so you end up with glitter all over the place when you open up your book a lot of people anyway when i when i pulled mine out like a little bit of glitter had come off but not much so i'm like i'm not returning mine it's fine i don't think ours has glitter which i'm no, okay it with yeah yeah no it's, was this it's, a kickstarter campaign to get this going it was an Indiegogo campaign, yeah, and so I got y'all uh, the paperback version, and for myself, I ordered the deluxe hardcover thingy, and that's that's the only version that had the glitter. So, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Kenton has to go and save the Lord General, who is uh, he's an instant promotion for any soldier who gets me out of here. <laughs> and Kenton's like, I don't need a promotion, but I do need an ally among the Titians. So here we go, and it's like, okay, we got to get out of here, and here comes Eric to save his dad. Eric, I didn't think you'd follow us. Yeah, you're welcome, jackass. This guy really does come off like a set. Yeah, I can see that. Like a Lord set, not set from Wax and Wayne. Right, no, I got you. And Ken goes in and, uh, like, he tries to balance on the beast's back and he creates a pole out of sand to use as a balance rod thing. Yeah. I don't. That was kind of dumb. I was like, it was "Oh, wow, such a power. waste." <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? What a cool power you made a pole like power pole extend, douchebag. Like it's stupid. I, that, that was dumb. <laughs> and then I this, thought it was kind of cool. This creature is also Turkin, and he's like, "Geez, everything I'm fighting lately is freaking Turkin. It's not fair. I have the one thing I can do, and I can't do it against them." Uh, but he does manage to uh, create a situation in which he can use his powers, and he rips the thing apart. In a really pretty badass section here. Uh, kind of gross, but still. Oh, no, or this thing is not Turkin. Sorry. Because he's like, I'd almost forgotten what it's like to fight a foe that can actually be hurt. And then he proceeds to hurt it. I was, I was about to say, I didn't know. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no. That, that's I thought I'd miss something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the just, it's also black. Been. So I'd made the assumption, which was incorrect. Uh, and he's like, the Lord General's like, oh my gosh, that was incredible. And Kenton's like, yeah, and I'm one of the weak ones, by the way. <laughs> And so then he's he's getting his wound treated. They're back here. Is that Ace in the background? I didn't even realize Ace had come, if that is her. There's a tract standing there. Yeah, I think that is her. And so Kenton says, so you implied Sand Mastery was useless. I think you now have ample evidence otherwise. And he goes, your your help wasn't requested. Bullshit. You yelled out for anyone to save you. Shut up. Yeah. I refer back to the time you were offering a promotion for some assistance. <laughs> Yeah. Why don't you promote my foot in your ass, jerk? <laughs> <laughs> he, he he tells Ken, yeah, go ahead and gloat, Sandmaster. He's like, uh, this isn't gloating. I'm not gloating. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to tell you what I need from you. I'm trying to prove a point here. And then, then he laughs and it's like, your father, he, you, you sound just like him. He was the only one who ever had the nerve to speak to me like that. And so he's like, look, let me propose a trade. So he's learned a little bit from Chris. He's like, here, let me make a proposition. That will benefit you, benefit me, everybody wins. I'll assign you two dozen Sandmasters the moment the DM is reinstated, and you can use them however you want. That plus my promise that the Sandmasters will no longer take what doesn't belong to them in exchange for your vote. How about that? And we come to an agreement. I mean, after he quibbles a little bit because he's a dick, but whatever. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, Kenton promises him, oh, you get one maestral. And it's like, Kenton, you're the only maestral. <laughs> That's true, unless you re-promote Dryel or something. Yeah, yeah that ain't happening. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and so, he's, he's Kenton thanks him when he says the deal is done. He's like, I just saw you cut the head off a 70-foot-tall monster. 
I don't care what I have to do. That isn't the kind of power we can afford to cut free. So yeah, as soon as you demonstrate what you can do, he's like, okay, no, I was wrong. Let's keep this in, keep this happening. And Kenton's like, okay, great. Eric and I are going to leave now. Bye. He's like, what? Have you boys eaten? My cooks will be fixing dinner shortly. And of course, Eric is like, oh yeah, food. 100%, dude. And this is when he's like, uh, I should have known that my day would go badly when my wayward son materialized. Ha 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 ha. Which you're just a, you're still a jerk. But Eric takes it well. He's like, and then I went on to save your life. I'm so incorrigible. And they toast. Ha, ha, ha. Father and son back together again. Yay. Together again. Again. And Ken's on a stroll thinking about how he's going to change the DM. He's like, maybe we need to break tradition and let families into the DM. So that, like, you know, it's more of a home for, oh, crap, it's been a day, I guess, and the, the assassins are back. It's like, this is the third or fourth time these assassins have literally just popped out of the sand. Yeah. It's like, ah! <laughs> I don't know if the first group that attacked him and popped out of the sand were assassins. I don't recall if they had that extra two lines. But, no, yeah. but like, he, like he, he's frequently getting attacked by people who just go, boing, here we are. Yep. Just pop up out of nowhere. And that's where we end uh, our section is on him getting attacked and saying oof. Except for we get one more page of Chris's notes, which somebody mentioned. I do find this this really interesting. This is kind of her first experimenting with magic and trying to get the the scientific principles of it down. And so she's like, I need to know if the sand can be used on dark side. Or is it as inaccessible on dark side as our star marks are on day side? So star marks are the thing that they they're, they're magic, whatever. On dark side. And she's wondering, you know, can the Sandmasters, like, will their knife ribbons work where bullets don't against the warded elites of Skathen's army? I want to observe and study sand mastery more closely, but Kenton puts off my admittedly prying questions about his art, citing that some secrets are only for members of the DM to know. That's fair. And she's like, I don't know if anyone over here actually understands that the dynasty is really powerful, and if they take us, they're going to come for Dayside too. They're not going to be satisfied with just half the planet. Even considering that their star-carved army can't use their powers without access to the Eye of Redos, which, as you recall, is the, the small star that is on dark side. So something about that star gives them their, their powers over there. And so the experiment that she's able to run is she takes some sand. First, she gets some of it wet and then leaves it out in the sun to see how long it takes to recharge, which is because when you get it wet, it turns black. So recharging takes about four hours when left out in the sun to go back to fully white. On the other hand, when you put that fully white sand in the dark, it takes about 24 hours to fade to black and thus no longer be magical. So that could spell disaster for trying to like cart sand over to the dark side to be used for, you know, sand mastery fights. But I guess it depends on whether the little star over there counts as darkness in the same way that not just being out of the sun on day side does. And so she says, yeah, we need more experimenting. Her her the, her theory moving forward is do the res could the results differ if I used oil instead of water, which I think that's a good thought. Yeah, that's the end of our mm -hmm. our reading for this time. So predicaments, where are we going? We are now, I think, exactly halfway through. Sounds about right. So last week I was pretty well on the Arik's up to something suspicious train. I don't know. He hasn't done anything this week that I'm like, mm, I'm watching you, man. Could be a little. I was still going to watch him, but he's not. He's not 
raising my suspicions at this point. I thought the thing about Bayon was interesting. I don't think we have enough information to make a call yet, but that's a definitely another watch this space. And I mean, if the high judge was putting in a spy to watch Kenton, it's quite as easily that the dynasty could put in a spy to watch Chris. Um, oh. So, you know, make it look like he's there for protection and, you know, he insists on always accompanying her everywhere and she trusts him. So having him there and finding information out would be, it would not be a massive leap for him to be a bit dodgy. But, yeah, we also don't know about the other, was it the professor? that they are professors? Yeah, yeah, there's, well, okay, so one of them is a professor of language and the other one is an anthropologist. I don't know for sure if they're both professors. They're both like... okay science well yeah research social science guys yeah you know it was a good point i think i think joe raised it that he could have his own agenda by dobbing bayon in so yeah i don't know i think it's probably worth watching bayon a little more closely i'd like to know a little bit more about the history between him and chris Hmm. in terms of where the story is going as a whole though like I feel like Kenton's under something. If he can give all of the the Taisha, 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 yeah, something like that. Taisha, if he can give all of them what they need and prove that the DM really does deserve a chance to, you know, rebuild and then sort of restore what they should be, it's possibly into a a good chance here. Yeah, I I feel like. It would be a shame to get to the end of the story and the DM's completely gone. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the side of he's going to succeed. I think there's still some more people they need to visit. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to think that he'll manage to restore everything at this stage. That's that's my vote. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely several people they need to visit. We, the Lord Mason. I don't think we've seen the Lord Farmer. The mm. They definitely haven't talked to the Lord Merchant yet because he's going to be a tough one to crack. Yeah. And we've also got the issue still of this five million lakh. Right. Who, who is that owed to? Or is it not owed at all? Maybe they're not as in debt as they think. Mm. Um, someone could be pulling their leg going, you have to repay this. Oh, you can't repay that. <laughs> um, there's not enough money in the world for you to repay that. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. Be interesting to see what the next set of chapters bring. Because if we're halfway through now, we should start to be stitching some things together. Right. Actually, now that we're talking about it, I don't know that anyone has asked the high judge, like, what would it take for you to vote yes? Mm. Mm. Yeah, okay. And you make a good point about Eric. Is like we've seen him hanging around suspiciously that people are talking about, but he never he hasn't done that much. He saved his dad in this one, but I don't know that you can call that like evidence of anything because like, even if you don't like him, who's not gonna save their dad when he hasn't really done anything yeah you know i mean unless they're like you know the lord general is actually the big bad which i just don't see at this point and they're in on it together they've they've faked this estrangement for years or something like that's a long game to destroy the fan masters yeah i just yeah i just that doesn't really add up to me at this point okay so I, i i did like your theory about bayon that he could be some sort of spy. If he is a spy, does that mean that he's not really protecting Chris or would protecting Chris be good for his spying job? Because if she dies, there's nothing for him to spy on. Yeah. I feel like you would be, you would be interested in finding out what she's 
in the process of trying to find out and her research. Um, mm. We don't really know the circumstances as to why Gavin Gavaldon, I will remember how to say these names at some point, <laughs> why he was over there. He was looking for the sand majors, but we still don't fully understand what they're expecting them to be able to do mm. that they couldn't already accomplish on their own. So it would be... I guess it would be in everyone's interest to not assassinate her. They want to protect her. She's obviously a, a, you know, she's a duchess. She's a high enough figure that they probably should look after her. But also we really want you to tell us what she's doing and what she finds out. Also, what happened to our prince? Oh, I don't even know if that's still really the same. Because the dynasty's separate, isn't it? Yes. Like she's her, she's got like, she's from like the one country that hasn't been conquered by the dynasty basically is what is yeah. the impression that she gave us. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a dynastic spy could be going, you know, don't, don't, don't kill anyone. Like, don't, don't let bad things happen, but also tell us what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Playing the yeah. long game. <laughs> that is, a, that is a long game. You're not wrong. Um, okay. One more thing that I want to get from everybody, because it's been such a point of discussion so far. Is there a spy or, or a traitor rather in the DM? And if so, who is it? Oh. Hmm. It's a hard one. I don't know. I feel like our, our friend Dryle is probably not. They built him up so early. I just don't mm. think it would be him. Um, our little redheaded friend could be, but I don't really know who else there would be. It would have to be just a complete random. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We don't. Mm. We don't have that many people whose names we know that were there. So that's a fair point. Right. Based solely on today's reading and some of the panels and some of the faces that were made, I would say Eric's a pretty likely candidate. You know, he doesn't really show up until until after Kenton's become the Lord Masterful, and he's like, oh, I, I heard you were dead. So I like if you heard he was dead, why would you come running back to the kingdom? But whatever. I don't know. Seems like he could be a likely candidate. Yeah. I would still think he's more likely than someone actually in the DM. Interesting. Okay. Well, I, I guess the the main argument against that would be like how if they were poisoned, like how did he slip in there to poison them all? Yeah, but that's a good to, point. That but doesn't say it's also, not possible. He could have been hidden in there under a robe or something, right? Something in there, I guess. We also yeah, don't know where the water came from, where yep. when it was set there, mm-hmm. who was next to it. You know, we don't really have yeah. any of that information. You're not wrong. Was the water even how they were poisoned? Right, it could have been something. We just we've been making an assumption there. It totally could have been something else. Yeah, I mean the surprise appearance of Eloran in this chapter means all right, we've actually got another named character in the DM who survived, so it could be him. I was trying um, to even thought of that. We did just meet another named character. Yeah, yeah. At the, yeah, at the moment, the only, the only named characters in the DM we know, aside from Kenton, are Dryle, Diran, and and Eloran, who are all who are still alive. So mm-hmm. if there is a traitor within the DM it'd have to be one of them because they're not going to go some no-name character we've never heard of. And yeah, Dryle's too obvious. It could be, it could be fun if Eloran, it turned out the betrayal was actually just like, he did it for some reason and it backfired and took away his powers. He's just like, Oh, that was not meant to happen. So that could be an interesting twist, but I still, I still say Darren cause fuck that guy. That would be irony. If he did something and he's like, Oh crap, I screwed myself. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Eric has his own stuff going on, but I don't know if it's related to the DM. Yeah. So I li- I really like where Jamie went. We've got a little suspicion thrown onto Bayon at this point. 
you know, she did make a point that he goes like everywhere that she goes. I think the only time I can remember that he didn't go in a room somewhere was when she went and met that Lotan guy. And then when he saw the Lotan guy, he got really upset about it. Yep. He tried to shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. He's also said stuff to Chris like, you know, you know, you shouldn't judge people by their names and titles like, you know, he's he's throwing little things out there to her and he is with her constantly. So it's very possible for sure if that that there could be he could be actually a spy as well. I think Ace is going to kind of turn around on Kenton. I know that's like what you would normally expect from a story, but I feel like she she will maybe turn around on him a little bit and start to respect him at least a little bit. Maybe if not for his power, for the kind of person that he is. But who knows? You know, that may not be that may not be the lesson they're handing down in this story. Given I, how much she seems to hate him, like yeah. I, like it would have to be something big to change her mind. I feel like right, like he saves her family or something. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure where we're headed now. At this point, it's like we're kind of just doing the the legwork of talking to each of the Taisha and getting them to come around on this stuff. So I'm not sure exactly what the end goal is for the story. I know what the end goal is for Kenton, like his character, what he wants. And we know what Chris wants to an extent, not fully. And so not sure how this is going to go. But yeah, I'm interested with with some of the new little things that were brought up in this section what other people are working behind the scenes you know we had the creepy f- creepy smile the lord admiral gave that seemed too creepy to like just be something random so yeah not sure what's going to happen but there's definitely plenty of intrigue yeah that that was a creepy smile is it is is the lord admiral as the guy that everyone knows as a drunk and the guy who tells you up front like I don't want to think about stuff. I just, I just, I vote in a way that I don't have to think about anything. Is is that the actually perfect guy to secretly behind be behind some kind of conspiracy? I mean, in a fiction story, sure, because it's like everybody underestimates him. They they call him an embarrassment, but really, like if he's pulling the strings, then that's that's kind of and and you know, it's kind of one of those things where if he is behind it, literally, Ken can do whatever he wants. And he could convince every other Taisha, but he could still just stand by like the, well, I, you know, I told you if that guy voted for it, I was going to vote against it. So I'm voting against it. Like either way he wins. Cause he, he's either going to stick to his guns one way or the other way. Mm-hmm. And so like literally if, if, if the Lord Admiral's goal is to take down the DM, no matter what he wins, doesn't matter if he convinces all the other Taisha or not. That's, that's true, but I feel like at the same time, like you could say that about say that about any of the Taishas. Since he needs a unanimous vote, if any of them are behind sure. it, then all they have to do is stick to their guns and be like, No, I vote no. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong, but at the same time, it's like there's not as much suspicion of like f- fraud with him because he's like, No, I always vote against that guy. That's what I do. Nobody expects me to do anything else. And also, you know, we didn't get a panel with a creepy smile from any of the other Taisha so far, <laughs> except maybe, except maybe the Lord Beggar. But I know the High Judge was looking a little bit weird and uh, maybe creepy in some of those shots of her. Yeah, I mean, just because she looks like Mom doesn't mean she's yeah. weird. <laughs> okay, okay, fair. Um, yeah, not really sure where to go. I don't know where this five million extra lack has gone. 
I'm still leaning on Darren as the traitor because see previous statement, fuck that guy. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, I genuinely just like don't know how this is going to go. I do think that um that I, I get I get the feeling that the first person to uncover the conspiracy and the truth of it is going to actually going to be Ace the tract and she's going to be at war over whether or not she actually spills the beans to Kenson or not. I think that's going to be just another twist of her, like, mm. am I doing the right thing sort of code. But as far as where the story is actually going to go, I, ge- I genuinely lost. I was like, all right, well, we'll just see how this all plays out. Yeah, not very exciting, I know, but that's what the, I don't have much this week. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 get, where, I get where you're coming from. It, uh, we're, we're at an interesting point here at the halfway point of the story. With it's It's hard to nail down some stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of the story and where we are for next time, we're going to do three more chapters. That'll bring us to the end of, uh, of book two of this three book graphic novel or what was originally three books has been combined into the omnibus one book. So we're going to do chapters 10, 11 and 12 beyond that. Let's see. We have, I'm going to start with, we have one new patron. So let's do that real quick. Our new patron at the misting level is rosemary rosemary uh let me pull up my my fairing list all right rosemary uh you could be ah yeah that's a good one a blood maker we don't get enough of those right you gotta you can be a wayne you can be wayne wayne horrific wayne horrific okay (laughs) that's good i like that in the future that's what it's gonna be called not blood maker wayne horrific well you know to celebrate him a, saving uh, Ellendale. He's a slider and a blood maker, but you oh, know, that's Yeah, we never we never did find out what his combination of uh, was called. So maybe that's the yeah. name of that. Could you just Google it as Brandon said it at some point? No, I don't think that uh, that uh, he has revealed any of the other combination names. Just just Crasher. That's the only one we got. I think so. Okay. Well, thank you. Rosemary. How are you? how Brandon avoids having to come up with different names. That's probably what it is. Right. It's like, I don't want to have to come up with it right now. And so it's if like, I say yeah. it now, I'm going to have to write it down and remember it. And let's not do that. I had to. Yeah. Which like I mean, all 16, all 32 other powers, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, Crasher is a cool name, but you could also call him like a floater. Cause he could like push himself around and float too. So it's like, mm. you know, it's not necessarily just crashing. Yeah. But then he sounds like some, like someone dropped a turd in the, in the top deck of a toilet. <laughs> Yeah, what's I mean, is that a that's called an upper decker, not a floater deck. Sorry, yeah, floater wow. is just when someone doesn't flush. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, on that note. Nothing to do what deck you've you've done that on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I am not dis- I'm not disgusting. I've never done that, but you know, I've read <laughs> Okay. So we have a couple emails. That's where we're going next. Uh, and a couple of these are left over that I didn't read in previous weeks, and then we got a couple new things. So we'll just go through these. The first one is from Kim, and I think we've we've heard from Kim before, and I think I uh, misgendered them because the first thing it says, by the way, I am male, as Kim is the name for boys – or a, a name for boys slash men in Norway. I almost read that as boys to men in Norway. I was like, oh, is that the name yeah. of the band in Norway? <laughs> <laughs> boys to men. Wow, dig up. <laughs> so anyway, Kim what says, hi, crew. Cut that is. I have been with a podcast since the start, but I've never written an email to you guys. I have participated a bit on the Discord, though. Just listen to the last episode of The Lost Metal. I felt now was a great time to tell you how much I've appreciated this podcast. The podcast discussions are great, and I really love that you bring so much to the table, each of you, and every week, like clockwork, there's been a new Sanderlanch episode. It makes me so happy, and I feel like I get to experience the Cosmere anew with you guys. 
Thank you so much. I am really excited for you to tackle White Sand. It is a difficult experience for sure, but still great. Or oh, sorry, it is a different experience for sure, but still great. <laughs> wow, just I was going to say that's just a, that's well, a very, drop of that out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, White expression. Sand. <laughs> Um, well, you know, it is a, it's a different uh, it's a different medium. You know, I was a little concerned with it being such a visual medium, but I feel like the dialogue is very strong and lends itself to being yeah. easily talked about. And it is always so exciting to listen to you guys discover a new world, new magic system and new characters. Also, it's fun to listen to you piece together all the Cosmere tidbits. And right after White Sand, we get to my personal favorite in the Cosmere, Warbreaker. I think it speaks in favor of Brandon that I constantly see people have their personal favorite as different books from among all the different series. A fun little thing to end the email on, whenever I hear the songs from Miracle of Sound, I hear them as sung by Dak and Joe. I encourage all listeners to listen for it. It is uncanny. Wasn't to the time of next, Kim. Karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, what was the, What's the song we're using now? Because I don't even, I haven't uh, even, I don't listen to the podcast. Oh, I don't I listen to the podcast. Oh, really? I don't listen to the podcast really anymore at all. So, like, I don't know what songs we've used for probably the last three Joe doesn't know how I cut him up to sound ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. If I sound like (laughs) like even more of an asshole than I normally do, it's it's probably because of old old data there. Uh, But yeah, that that came up in the Discord with people being like, yeah, Miracle of Sound sounds like Joe and Dak. And I was like, but Joe and Dak don't really really. sound that much alike. And also one has an Australian accent. I don't understand. (laughs) Accents go away when you sing. sing? I was about to say, does Dak sing with an Australian accent? Because that'd be interesting. I once did um oh, when I was over in Canada and we and ch- like Charlie Charlie said let's go to a karaoke bar I'm just like all right cool and I think Charlie said hey whatever song you sing you should do in an in your Aussie accent I'm like uh, okay so I sang Summer of '69 in the most Australian accent I could <laughs> muster and my God it was weird it it was not right <laughs> yeah no I could yeah I could see that yeah I've never actually been to karaoke so. I've I did it one time. We don't. Anytime we have like a cool place like that in our town, it closes pretty fast. So like I did it one time, but I don't think there's a current karaoke place in town. We did a Disney cruise. I took uh, my daughter to the karaoke night there, and uh, this was right after the the Encanto had come out. And so she was like, "I want to sing." We don't talk about Bruno, but they didn't have that yet in their system. So she was very disappointed by that. Mm. And I, I didn't want to point out that's like, but we don't talk about Bruno is sung by like seven people at once. I don't know that you can do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, okay. Next email is from Bomo. This is hi all Bomo again. I'm listening to you all wrap up Mistborn, And I couldn't resist adding in my two cents. First of all, I'd say that era one had a better plot than there, but era two has better characters and character development. I'm not sure which I prefer overall, but that's the difference I see in them. In regards to characters, I'd like to point out to Joe that Spook isn't scum, he's Ska, and used to live in a slum. I'm sure you simply accidentally combined these two words. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Personally, I don't care enough about Spook to strongly like or dislike him. He was always a minor character to me, even in Hero of Ages, where he was supposed to be taking over on a big role. I feel like that's how I always felt about Spook, actually, is that even when he was big, he was like not a central character in my brain. Um, sorry, going on. Uh, I'd say that Kelsier and Wayne are two of my favorite characters in the entire Cosmere, and while they each have their flaws that I can defend, as does my favorite Cosmere character, somebody who we haven't met yet, I'll just say that I think both of them generally, in the end, have the best intentions at heart. Sacrifice themselves for others and are badasses. Or, as Wayne would say, a goddamn hero. I do agree, though, that Wax and Sterish are the best love story for how it slowly but realistically develops, 
It's the best love story I've ever read in a novel or seen in a film, and no other comes particularly close. I am curious as to why so many have The Lost Metal as their favorite book. Overall, I enjoyed it, and I think it wrapped up the series nicely, which is the most important thing. But I think it was maybe a bit too fast-paced and very predictable, especially the Wayne dying part. I also I think it's probably my second favorite Mistborn book, Overwell of Ascension. Oh, I'm sorry, my second least favorite Mistborn book, Overwell of Ascension. But it was very good and did wrap up the series. Might I suggest that many predicaments and increased maybe predicaments and increased scrutiny of each book makes the element of surprise the rest of us feel less impactful for you all. For example, I had no idea Sazed would be the hero of ages until he took the powers and the prophecy on his arms, as was literally spelled out for me, while Jamie guessed it before the end of Well of Ascension. And you all immediately knew it after the words, I am unfortunately the hero of ages. So maybe the obviousness of Wayne's death doesn't bother you as much. At least Data had has it right with the final empire taking the crown. Uh, pause for a second. I mean, that's that's an interesting point that it kind of reverses mm. that. That I, we've, we've talked about how, like, you know, it's harder to surprise you guys because you get more time to concentrate on the little details. But I hadn't thought about the fact that for stuff that other people catch, like they're like, oh, I saw that coming for you guys. It's like, well, we see a lot of stuff coming because of the way we talk about it. So it doesn't stick out to me as like a as too foreshadowed as much as it might. Mm. Although we did touch on the fact that Wayne's death was heavily foreshadowed that whole book. Yeah, they, he leaned on that hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, I but think... I also think we called, or, so I think Joe called that like after the, the prologue. It was like, well, clearly Wayne's going to be having a pretty important part in this book. So, I mean, there are things that are obvious, but then I didn't think anything was in there like painfully obvious. Mm. Yeah. Well, since the <clears throat> since Shadows of Self, I think the prologue had been a very large indicator of something important is going to happen with this character that's in the prologue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Because you know, book one you could argue was also extremely had it also had an extremely important prologue because it kind of sets up Wax Everything, coming, yeah. yeah, Wax coming back to the city. But I would say that that prologue is in effect over the entire series more than it yep. is on that specific book. Whereas each of those prologues in the next three books were were very specific to that how that book unfolded and what was going on in that specific book. Hmm. Also, I did some digging. He remi- this this email person reminded me. Yeah, the goddamn heroes thing, which we talked about, was from a character from Mass Effect 2. But I was like, I know that actor, though. They're, they're in other stuff. So it's Robin Sachs, who's in, like, Buffy and Galaxy Quest. He passed away a few years ago. Awesome, awesome actor. Sachs, who's he playing Buffy? I'm trying to... Uh, he plays Rupert's... He plays Giles' like, friend from, like, the... That with the... Ho- he, like, his first episode is, like, the Halloween episode where he has all the costumes that, like, mm. turn them into... He's that guy. Yep. Okay. Um... Oh, and sorry, lost my place for a second. He ends this email saying, Brandon confirmed on a live stream after the Lost Metal that Wax is not only a misborn, but that since he's a detective, he eventually figured it out, probably even before the scene with Wayne's statue in the epilogues. Thanks for the amazing content. Mm. Music by Miracle of Sound wasn't to the time of next. And so I did send you guys in our chat that word of Brandon. Somebody put it in the Discord, but we hadn't actually mentioned it on the show. That Yeah, he said that Wax is a misborn, and he it figures it manages to figure it out. Uh, and then we'll do one more, which is actually... Kind of too, because they sent a follow-up thingy. But this one is from Sebastian. Hello, where do I even begin? I'm sorry, the title is, This is My Favorite Podcast. Where do I even begin? I never write emails to podcasts and other shows, but I felt I had to in this case. I have to tell you that from the first episode, I was hooked. I began to listen fairly late, around May 2022, and have been reading alongside you guys. I'm currently finishing up Shadows of Self. I may be in the minority, but I am actually reading these books for the first time myself. I mentally joined Dak, Jamie, and Joe during their predicaments sections. 
Dak might be glad to hear that I tend to agree with his predicaments the most. He was on a roll for Alloy of Law. Yeah, thanks, man. I can't wait to continue this journey alongside you guys. This tends to be the highlight of my week, and I'm very grateful for you guys. There's a lot more I could gush about, but I'll stop here to spare you. Otherwise, I could go on and on. Anyway, thanks f- for all the laughs and entertainment. Wasn't to the time of next. P.S. I never watched Futurama, but due to all the fun you guys have making reference to the show, I decided to start watching it. Yes! <laughs> yeah, first first four seasons especially are gold. So, yeah, but what's um, that list I sent you of like these ones? No, I didn't. But that's because my wife doesn't like Futurama, so I have to watch it like without her. So it's hard to find time okay. to do that. I just rewatched um, the whole series after you sent that list, so I did yeah. see them. <laughs> but yeah, I'll get to it eventually. But uh, but yeah, no, I I think that's my most favorite thing to hear is like people that are actually doing this with us. I know, and, right? Like, yeah, that's so cool. Like. I, I wish I had had a podcast to listen to while I read through a book series for the first time. That'd be, I don't, I don't think I've ever done that. So that'd be, you can that, do it now. There's the, I mean, find a book series. I could, but I'm reading so many other things for mm. this podcast. I'm still in the Dresden <laughs> files. I'm, I'm in blood rights now. So about halfway through that book. Speaking of randomly reading things after that discussion we had in a previous episode, I ordered the anniversary edition of uh, Princess Bride and I just got done reading that. So that was oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting thing, including like the first chapter of what was going to be the sequel, Buttercup's Baby, but which will never get made now because he died. Yeah, sad times. But uh, oh, and sorry. And then there's a PPS. I know that Joe initiates everyone into the Misting slash Cosmere crew. However, I'm not sure you guys have ever discussed what powers you would have. What comes to mind for me is Data is a Tenai, Jamie is a Soother, Joe is a Rioter, and Dak is a Thug. I have a few reasons why I chose these, but to maintain an air of mystery, I won't reveal my reasoning, evil laughter. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. That is interesting. I'm trying to... I don't know okay. that I see myself as a Tenai. Hmm. What What do you see yourself as? You You claim your own power here. Well, I know what I would want, but that's not what I see myself as, I guess, especially in relation mm-hmm. to this show. As host of this show, I feel like I feel like uh, like was it archivist, like somebody who can just do copper ferrochemy and has like metal mines. Oh, so not even a misting power. You're just talking about like ferrochemy power now. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the first thing that comes to mind for that. But I guess, yeah, it, it, mm. it was it was misting powers. I don't know what I'd have for misting power. Mm. Maybe copper there. It's so useless. <laughs> hey no power is useless by itself copper is uh not super useful especially if no one else has any because that it'll protect you from soothing or rioting but if no one has those then it doesn't matter so, i don't know what do you guys see yourselves uh we can do mistings i don't know i think i always mentally mentally pictured bronze for some reason oh hmm. a seeker yeah mm. i think i would want to have speed bubbles but I feel like what I'd actually have, I think rioting was probably a good description. I wasn't even thinking about like era two metals. I was in my brain. I'm still in like the basic eight or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I mean, I was thinking speed bubbles because that's the one I like the most, but about you, Jamie. Yes. Speed bubbles would be really cool. I don't know. I, I, I actually think being a tin eye would be kind of cool. I really like being analytical and I think that would be, that would be fun, but I do think, though, the assessment of me being a soother is probably mm. a little more accurate than I would be willing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm looking at all of the alimantic powers. So as an alimancer, yeah, I could, see, I could see myself as a Nicro Burst, which is one that we didn't encounter in the books. Cool name. Uh, 
Yeah, it is. It uses Nicrosil, and what it does mm-hmm. is, you know what Duralumin does to your own metals? Nicroburst lets you do that to somebody else's metals. So oh, expend yeah. your metals real quick. It makes you, bah! yeah, it lets you make somebody else expend their metal in like one burst. So that would be a really cool like weapon against other Alamancers. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Oh, you know what? Maybe I'd rather be a leecher. Well, I was about to say, yeah, like, Leecher is similar, but this is like, like, Nicroburst is like a Leecher, but with wild magic turned on. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, yes. thank you, uh, Sebastian. He, Sebastian also sent a, a follow-up that's like, oops, forgot to sign off with my name in the email. Much love from John Sebastian. That was the, that was the follow-up. So that's that's all our emails. We've made it through them all this time. So if anyone would like to send us emails, the address is thesandralanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram. And Facebook and Twitter and Patreon, where I believe either I just have started or I'm about to start with uh, my read through of the handbook, the Frugal Wizards Handbook to Surviving Medieval England. Yeah, which that's somebody, a mouthful. Yeah, somebody was like, the way that it's uh, it's usually shortened is just the Frugal Wizard. I was gonna say, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll, I'm, I'm trying that out. Yeah, but I've actually, or maybe uh, even the Frugal Wizards Guide or Handbook. Yeah, it's just it's it it feels like a mouthful. However you say it, but uh, yeah, I am I am almost halfway through that book. In reality, I didn't read any of it for like a week because I had other stuff going on. But this weekend, I've gotten back into it and done a couple more recordings. So hopefully, uh, we won't have any any days that something new doesn't come out. That is that is my plan after we're done here. Is to do a few more of that, maybe do some editing to get because we just used up Thursday was the last pre-edited episode that i'd uploaded so we have nothing going up tuesday until i do some editing yeah uh but yes so if anyone's interested in hearing my reading and reactions to the frugal wizards handbook secret project number two that is what's going up on patreon you can check it out music by miracle of sound get that out there while i'm thinking about it and like i said for next time three more chapters of white sand that will bring us to the two-thirds point and then it's, it's it's all downhill from there. We'll have two more episodes after that. One more book. <laughs> you make it sound like, that's all downhill from here. It's going to suck. <laughs> or that could mean that, you know, it's an awesome, fast-paced adventure. And, and uh, we're just moving really fast down the hill. Yeah, true. I mean, it's, it's, you got to figure that there's some sort of Sander Lanch coming up. Because despite being a graphic novel, it's still Brandon mm. Sanderson's writing. So, yeah. I guess we shall see. We shall see before long. And like uh, like one of the emails mentioned, I have said after we finish White Sand, we are going to move into Warbreaker. So after you listen to this, that'll be what three, four weeks out going into Warbreaker, which you can get for free on Brandon's website, a digital copy if you want. So if you want to follow along with that one and you don't have it, hey, free book. So why not? So thanks, everybody. Thanks, people who send in the emails. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, everyone out there listening to our show. Listening to us cover White Sand, even even people who don't have the book, haven't been able to read it themselves. We've got some some list, some loyal listeners out there following along anyway. So we appreciate you guys. And wasn't to the time of next. Colo? The